told that you're not supposed to dance. That's a big old lie. I was at a party last night and there was dancing and a good time. The after party is this morning and it's still dancing and a good time. Because you get a relationship with the Lord, now you got a reason to really dance. When you get entwined with God, almost every song becomes your song. You feel so good, you can't help but dance. And, and, and if we're God's people and we assemble together, the second lie is you're not supposed to have fun at church. That's a lie. You ought to tell everybody, look, I know where you can go, you can have fun, you can dance, you can just shout and just have a good old time. And don't, don't nobody care if you off beat or not. How many of you have been enjoying yourself in this worship service? All right. Our theme scripture, I know we don't have very long, so I'm not going to give you everything God gave me. I just hope he just knows how to tailor me down so I just give you enough. Amen. We don't want to overfeed the baby. <laughs> but we want the baby to get enough. Let's read the word of God. Our theme scripture for the month because I'm teaching on purpose. God has great purpose for you. All right. So let's read verse 28 of Romans 8 together. Let's go. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Stop right there. How many of you love God? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, go ahead and shout it. I love you, Lord. All right. Let's keep going. To those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Let me tell you about his purpose. His purpose was to choose you out of darkness when you didn't even deserve it. Okay? You're his choice. No matter what anybody else says about you. You are his choice. And because you're his choice, he will work you into his will. He will do it. We cannot blame one another anymore. God will work it out. Amen. And it will all work out. I don't care how bad it is. He will work it out for the good. So if you're going through something rough, 
just begin to encourage your own self and say, God's going to work this out for my good because I love me some God. Amen. Now, he didn't say he's going to work it out for the good who don't love him. So the question becomes, do you really love him? All right. So real quick, turn to Ephesians chapter number one, verse number three. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. got it it's on the board let's pray father we thank you for giving us a spirit of worship you said in your word that we cannot worship you but in spirit and in truth we know that your son is the truth so bring us deeper into that truth today that your word would fall deeply in our hearts to bring us to a closer relationship with you. Lord, we all stand knowing that we've all done wrong by thought, word, or deed. But we stand with repenting hearts. And as we are turned to you, Lord, we ask that you would help us to stay in your will that you will be pleased for we know that you have chose us for your purpose and not our own. Father, now come and let your word penetrate us. Let it grow in us to make us more like you. We thank you, God, for the word that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, help me crush my spirit that your spirit may be elevated and come and teach and preach to us. I surrender and I ask you, God, to have your way. In Jesus' name, everybody that believes, shout amen. 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 Beginning at verse number three. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Say, I got it all. In the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace. How many of you love grace? Hallelujah. Thank, Thank you, Lord. you, Lord, for grace. Amen. By which 
He made us accepted in the beloved. It was grace that did it. In him, we have redemption through the blood, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth and in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works some things. Oh, all things according to the counsel of our will. Now I see what the problem is. That we who first trusted in Christ also should be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also having believed, shall I believe? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Say, God's got me on lock. You can't sin your way out of this lock. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? Over and over, the writer Paul expresses to us that once we believed in Jesus, it was him who chose us. It's all about him. It's his will. It's his counsel. It's his work. He's doing it all. I want to talk to you just for a minute. And I just want you to meditate on this. It's all in him. Tell your neighbor, just stay in. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There was a scripture that was running parallel with the text. I don't think I had enough time, but it was dealing with when Moses was in the wilderness and they were showing a picture of what Christ would do. And all the people had been bitten by the poisonous snake and Moses had to get a stick and he had to um, make this uh, a serpent out and put the serpent on the stick, make a bronze serpent, put it on the stick. And then he had to hold up the stick. And the people had to look upon the stick. And because they looked upon the stick where the serpent was, the serpent that had bit them, um, they became healed. But it was all in the stick being lifted up. And I was going to use for a topic, this is the stick up. Uh, (laughs) uh, I I, I want you, we we, we might not have enough time to, to get that. I may have to come back to that later. But I really believe that God wanted you to know 
that he had a purpose and he had a plan. That's why it's so important for us to read the Old Testament as well as the New Testament because it's, it's the Old Testament that gives you a movie um, of what is to come. And it has already happened, but you can see the actual reflections through the Old Testament characters that you fit in just like one of them because every one of those characters who were used by God greatly were great sinners too. Therefore, in this particular text, Paul begins to point to God. It is important for us to always point back to God because if we don't point to God, we will point at one another. The issue about pointing at one another is when you point at somebody, three fingers are pointing back at you. Therefore, it is not them being the problem, three fingers pointing at you and one at them. I, just by the math alone, I would have to conclude that you're the problem. The word of God tells us to look at him and not at one another because this war is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and that anybody who messes up is only under the influence of the enemy when they messed up and didn't realize that they were under the influence of the enemy. Because sometimes you could enjoy yourself and be enjoying yourself so much that you start serving the wrong God at the wrong time because self-pleasure will lead you into following after someone else because you were not designed to please yourself you were designed to please God can we go home now the the writer the writer is writing to us because it is very easy to become captivated within ourselves. and so then when we become captivated within ourselves, when you begin to talk about I this and I need this and I need that I want you to know that is a selfish spirit that is where you are putting all the focus on you. And when you put the focus on you, that means you have taken it off of God. When you take your focus off of God, you are now giving the enemy free reign to come and get you. It is something that when you, you have to realize that we are in a war right now, and it's called a spiritual war. And it's not a war where we could fight it. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, there's been many churches that tell you, and oh, they shouldn't have did this, and they shouldn't have did that, and they'd be blaming everybody. It's a blame game. And that's the same, it's the same thing that Adam did in the garden. Eve bit of the fruit, gave it to him. God said, what'd you do? He said, she did it. That curse was on us from the beginning. Man has always been trying to blame somebody for their wrongdoing. And the truth be told, you became so good at it that when you was doing wrong, you hid your wrong. In order to keep yours hid, you talked about somebody else's wrong. Can I just talk to you just for a few minutes? That we have adapted behaviors of the enemy because we did not spend time in the word of God. Because the more time you spend in the word of God, it does what's called transformation. As you read the word of God, it is what's called the truth. The truth breaks up the lies that Satan has been telling you. And so, therefore, if you don't have the truth, you will believe any lie. Therefore, you believe that you're supposed to be pleased a certain way. But the enemy has been whispering things to you and didn't tell you that, no, that is not the way you are pleased. The way you are pleased is when you please God, it just pleases you anyway. <clears throat> Thereby, you have, we have capsulized ourselves in this world system of pleasing oneself. As a matter of fact, we want church to be the way we want it. And so the church now is serving donuts and coffee in the lobby before you get there. And the memberships are growing because people like donuts and coffee before they get into the word. And now the preachers will only preach a certain way. 
They won't tell you the whole truth. They'll tell you something that feels good and you feel good. And so I'll come to that church because I feel good about it. But I'm going to tell you the unadulterated truth. <clears throat> the unadulterated truth is everyone in here is a sinner and you're one step away from falling right about now. And if God takes his hand off of you, you are going to mess up. Trust me on that one. Everybody in here got some dirty laundry. There is no church on this face of the earth that all the people are just living so holy and they got it all right. They could just wear white to church every Sunday. <laughs> that is not reality. And so people won't come to church because they feel like, well, why come to church if I can't live right? Well, that's the reason why you come to church is so that God could help you to live right. As long as you stop coming, you cannot hear the word. And the word of God is what strengthens you so that he can work through you. And if he is not working through you, breaking news, I'm going to tell you the truth. The devil is at good work in you. He knows how to, how to put it, a, a layer of icing over it so it looks good. As a matter of fact, you even be in sin and think the sin is good. But we ain't going to go there. I want to set you free today. So the writer gives us four points today. I want to tell you the first one, because in verse number four, he says that we, number one, he said we are chosen. Say I'm chosen. chosen. Now say it again like you mean it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm on God's team. He chose me. God loves him some Felix. Yeah, and he likes me too. And there's a whole lot of folks that walked away from Felix because Felix used to be a messed up joker. Uh-huh. How many of you messed up before? I want to I talk to the keep it real folks. So he says, I chose you and he chose you and he didn't even use a reference point based on what you did or what you will do. He said, I chose you. And he knew every place you went and every secret thing. He even knew how crazy your mind thought from time to time. You know, the stuff you thought about doing, but it was too wicked that you didn't do it. But you thought about it. He says, <clears throat> he says, I chose you. And then he says, number point number one, he says, to be without blame. Romans 8 and 28 says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 and 1. There's no condemnation. That means you're blameless. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and enter into a relationship, it doesn't matter what you've done because the blood has covered all of that up. There is no condemnation against you. And then he says in the same verse, he, he leads us to what we have to do. Now, if God has made his choice, and he chose you. The second piece is you got to make him your choice. And some of us choose God based on when we want to choose him. Most of us will choose God when we get in trouble. Some of us will choose the pillow when we're sleeping. But let sleepy and trouble hit you at the same time. 
you'll choose God over the sleepiness. And so sometimes we'll choose pleasing ourselves over pleasing God based on what however we feel. But you were chosen so that you can make him your choice. But we put our right foot in and then we take our right foot out. We'll put our left foot in and we'll take our left foot out. Put the right hand in, take your right hand out. Before you know it, you're doing the hokey pokey. Because there's no commitment. And the reason why there's no commitment is because you don't stay in long enough. And you want all the blessings of God. And he says we have it all in him. And if we have it all in him, then why do we keep coming outside of him? His will, your will. His will, your will. And I, I, I ask God, why is it that it's so hard for the believers to stay there? It's because the enemy has told you that your will is funner than his will. And so you listen, he's whispering it to you long enough that you start believing the wrong thing. And so you think that pleasure comes from what you feel. And so you try to satisfy yourself with the issues of the world. Because the enemy told you that's what feels good. Yeah. I'm just letting you know why you were so freaky. Everybody won't tell you the truth, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Because, listen, it, it was the enemy telling you, oh, yeah. And then, then you compare it to what everybody else is doing in the world. And that's your only reference point. But if you get in the word of God, you'll have a new reference point. And the word of God said, when he chose you, you gave up your life. The issue is you haven't fully surrendered. And so in order to walk in the purpose of God, you're going to have to surrender to God. That's why I wanted to use this as a stick up. Because when somebody put a gun on you, you ready to give it up. I was at a party yesterday in the afternoon and we were talking about old times. And I remember being at a party one night. And I was one of the baddest guys around, I thought. <laughs> a lot of y'all thought it too, don't trip. And I'm I'm partying and I'm in there and I'm running my mouth and somebody said something to me that he shouldn't have said and you know I puffed all up and I got all bad and he you know he he probably was a little afraid he said but but he said I ain't fighting this big guy. He went outside he waited for me after the party, and I'm walking to my car and I'm I, I didn't cuss him out and everything, 
And I'm walking to my car seat. See, most people won't tell the truth. Yeah, I did cuss before. God delivered me from that, but I used to cuss. And who did it? God. And, and, and I'm, at the, I'm walking out, and as I'm walking to my car, the guy pulls up. The same guy was so bad, and I was cussing him out. He pulled a gun out. He said, boy, I'm shooting you tonight. And let me tell you what happened. I said, man, look here. <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> In other words, I, I, look, I fully submitted. What you want me to do? Hop on one leg? I'm done. And, and, and so we get in these situations where the, the Lord will make us surrender. And if you won't surrender, he knows how to get you to surrender. I want to talk to the people who's been through some stuff before. Who've done some stuff who wish they never would have done that. Can we just be real in here and thank God for, for not killing us for some of the stuff that we did? For not giving up on us? For not walking away from us? He told us not to do it. We promised we wouldn't do it. And we did it anyway. He points us to surrendering because surrendering to God's will will help you get out of your will. In your will, you end up saying the wrong things to people and always asking for an apology. That's your will. In his will, you become a blessing. In your will, you're praying to be blessed. In his will, you become the blessing. Isn't that something? And I hear people all the time. Oh, I just want God to bless me. How come you don't want to be the blessing? Let me help you. If God blesses you, you're blessed. If you are the blessing, you are overly blessed because you're blessing somebody else with what you've been blessed with. I know our prayer just changed. Lord, help me be the blessing. He, he, he's teaching us that we have to surrender. Paul just says it this way. Galatians 2.20. Paul says it this way. I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, your will is now gone. I don't want to do what pleases me. I want to do what pleases I don't want to do what pleases me I want to do what pleases God let's read it together I have been stop right there how many of you believe that that's true Amen. Christ lives in you how many of you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Hallelujah. That means Christ lives in 
you. There's no way for you to believe that Jesus is the son of God until Christ gives you revelation. So Christ lives in you. Say it. Christ lives in me. Now, we'll keep going. And now, now the life that you live is no longer about you but it's about the one who gave his life for you. Do you understand that God first brought Moses the Ten Commandments? Check this out. God knew that no man on the face of the earth could obey him. Check that out. But he gave it to him anyway. And so then we come to church trying to obey the Ten Commandments. Breaking news. Everyone in here broke them. Some of you broke one, some of you broke nine. Because it's impossible for man to live by the law. But God had a plan. Because he had a purpose for us so that when he delivers us from the darkness, we would have so much appreciation that we won't want to keep, put, keep putting our right foot in and put our right foot out that we'll be so glad that we'll want to stay in the will of God because every time we get out, it hurts so bad. But when you stay in, you receive the blessing of God. Next point. He said, there's no condemnation. So don't let nobody tell you about your past. As a matter of fact, anybody, any of your friends bringing up your past wrongs, cut them loose. Get you some spiritual scissors. <laughs> Next time they start talking, say, <laughs> they say, what that means? Say, peace. <laughs> The third thing, third thing, third thing he says in verse number seven, he says that you were redeemed. Now, redemption means that you were purchased back, which means that you originally belonged to God from the beginning. But these spirits on this earth realm, they tricked you into doing wrong. And God redeemed us by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross. Say, I'm redeemed. Which means now that you've been purchased back, you no longer belong to the old life. Behold, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So when you understand that you are redeemed, then you don't have to fight your past anymore. You are separated from your past because you have a new citizenship now. Behold, you are now a citizen of the household of God, joint heirs with Jesus. The issue is, the issue is 
Some of us have been deported. Because, because you come into a kingdom and you get out of the kingdom. Because you are so familiar with the other kingdom that you think you belong there. And so the enemy has deported you. But Jesus is telling me today that this is a stick up. He's taking you back to your rightful place. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Shout I'm redeemed. Then he gets down to verse 13. He says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom you also you believed. Now get this. Then he says you were sealed by your belief alone. How many of you believe that you're a child of God? He says, by you believing that Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again, by believing alone, he says, I seal you. Amen. Now check this out. I need about four, ba- four men up here. Four men, four men, four men, four men, four men. If it's, if it's five, it's cool. If it's six, it's cool. I mean, I just need some men. Come on, come on, come on. Don't be scared. Get in the circle. Get in the circle. Come on, grab hand. Grab hand. Okay, stay right there. Stretch, stretch out. Stretch out. Stretch out. Yeah. I know y'all like each other, but it's cool to say. <laughs> and so he says, when you were in the world, I touched your heart so that you could hear the word of faith. And somebody shared Jesus with you and told you that he's real. And because your starting place was in Christ, in him was your beginning. When the world gave you some stuff that you thought was good and everybody else was doing it, you know how it is. You said, I got to do it too. And then you went with two or three minutes of pleasure for a whole lot of pain. And from one crazy act to another, to another, Talk about it. till you found yourself consuming yourself mm, with as much of that you can because of all the hurt you had experienced Talk about it. in the bad relationships that you got in. And, and, and some of them, it was your fault. And some of them, wasn't your fault. But in all of it, God had a purpose. Because there's some stuff that God got you out of that you know could nobody else have helped you.
And because God dwells in you, he knows what you really desire. And the truth be told, every one of us desire to live in the peace of God. Every one of us desires to have joy, unspeakable joy. That is a true desire. These little pleasure moments are not true desires. They are called evil desires. Because every time you go with one of them, you bring in demons that take you to a whole level of hurt and pain. And you're wondering, how did I get here? It's because you came out of the will of God. Why did I come out? Because my belief system got corrupted. I told you you was going to get the truth. Because you need to know why you do some of the stuff that you do. It's because faith cometh by hearing. And hearing the word of God. And God says, my purpose that I chose you for is so that I can bring you back in so that I can give you everything that I've already said you have, but you have it in heavenly places. And you've got to get your mind out of an earthly realm and get up in the heavenlies so you can call those things that are not as though they were and watch them become. We have been so mesmerized by world that we talk like it. Sickness knock on your door and you open it. Talking so crazy, you be calling it, oh, my cold. How you going to call a cold your cold? It's a cold. It is not Yoko. That's why it stays so long. Because you spoke like the world spoke. This body belongs to Jesus. I have healing power. And Cole, you got to go. You are one sneeze away from getting up out of here. Hurt too. How about that? We are holding the wrong things in place because God has given us power. He says, you shall be the image of me. You shall be the likeness of me. And everything that God spoke came into existence. So we got to be careful what we say. And so, no, no, it's okay. And so... When we get too far from God, he says, I'll never leave you and I won't forsake you. He said, and where you sin, my grace is getting bigger. Come here for a minute, dad. And so if dad is out sinning, He's traveling in sin. Keep walking down now. And here come grace. And grace is growing. 
and he's sinning, but grace is growing till he can't go no far. Because grace abounds over sin, and grace will pick you up. And bring you back in. Because the promises of God are irrevocable in your life. And God has a lot of promises that he has purposed in your life. And every time you go out, he will send grace to bring you back home. And when you get in, he, his kingdom, go ahead and circle, his kingdom will be all around you and protect you. And nothing could get in there except blessings. So everything that's cursed can't get in. Uh, I know the devil's mad now because I just revealed his strategy. He keeps trying to get you in because you keep looking out. And if you keep looking out, that's the issue. But dad, can you just be thankful and look up to the one who you're thankful to? Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up. The everlasting door and the king of glory. Down, come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong in battle. Lift up your head. Get this. Now, now, here's going to be some true revelation. There's so much power. And you looking up to God, that the enemy, he knows that. And so he's tricked you that when you mess up, to look down. That's his strategy. When somebody hurts you, no. You got to look up. The Bible says if I be lifted up, I'll draw. Oh, man. I want to talk to your parents for a minute. Because sometimes you say, oh, I don't feel good. My children just got me down. That's a trick of the devil. If the children ain't right... That time to look down. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Lift up your heads. Yes, Lord. And start thanking God. Because yes. if He could save you. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I got to keep it real. If He could save you. <laughs> oh, God. If He could save you. <laughs> Then you know <laughs> he's not gonna have no problem with your children. Come on, give God a hand of praise. 
Thank you. <laughs>